Welcome to Multimedia Failure. Every other week, we watch a video game movie and rank them arbitrarily against each other. I'm your host, Vanessa Cahill. Joining me today on an unspecified Antarctic mission are... John Lazaro. And Jason Ariola. This week, we will not be watching a video game movie because we are exhausted and need a break. <laughs> it's our summer break. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't... By the time this one comes out, the episode where we decided we're going to be doing this permanently uh, won't have been released yet, but every six months. So, like, as a Christmas treat, basically, for, for ourselves, and then, I guess, effectively, for my birthday present, we're going to uh, switch out <laughs> something, uh, not watch a video game movie. So, every, uh, you know, like, June 25th and December 25th, we're going to do something different. This way, we don't, uh, you know, go insane any faster than we should be. Yeah, so we decided to pick a real summer movie. <laughs> summer real, movie a yeah. real summer movie yeah. and a real uplifting one while we're at yeah. it. Yeah, the best what's of the more, bunch. <laughs> what's more summer than Antarctica? Yeah. So. Yeah, this week we will bought, we what we watched The Thing by John Combert Carpenter, released in 1982. To pick this movie, we were arbitrarily looking through um, our birthday <laughs> years for movies that were uh, looked okay. The top movie of my year was The Lion King, so that was off the list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, John, was, do, you, do you remember what yours was? Uh, Pulp Fiction, I think, is a big one for my... Forrest Gump is also a big one. Shawshank, I think. So there's a few, like, Oscar bait movies from right. the year I was born. Nobody wants to hear us talk about those. No. <laughs> and I really don't want to watch Forrest Gump again, so... I don't like Forrest Gump. I'm going to be real. Oh, <laughs> kind of right there with you, buddy. Yeah. It, I don't... Unpop- I, unpopular movie opinions. It is. It is an unpopular movie opinion, but I really... It, I don't hate it. I just have never, like, been like, God, man, I love watching the Forrest Gump. You know what? <laughs> I liked it when it was yeah. contemporary, and I saw it, like, on VHS the first time, but having gone back to it, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't like this. I don't enjoy this thing at all. It's just shoehorning him into, like, every, like, little thing of history that ever happened. It's like, okay. I guess to counter that, uh, my popular movie opinion is that Pulp Fiction is a masterpiece. So, you know, <laughs> it's the counter that, counterbalance of that right there. John with the hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real hot takes here. Oh, man. So obviously this was from John from um, Jason's birthday here. If yeah. you guys didn't didn't get yeah. that, <laughs> that is 1982. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, this was a. Do you remember what else we had to kind of sift through to get to the thing? No, <laughs> I do not. 82. Is Empire Empire might have been no Empire is 81, 81, 80. 81, 81 I believe. Yeah. Um, we we talked a little bit about E. T. E. T. came out that year. Yeah. Oh, right, nobody, but nobody wanted to watch that. Funny. We picked a different alien movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we picked, we picked a, a better alien movie. Yeah, a much less. Uh, um, well, th- there's there's no moments of levity in this movie. Uh, Blade Run- Blade Runner. That's probably the best movie that came out that year. Yeah, we could have Blade, Blade Runner, Runner but good. oh well. Yeah. So Rocky Three is. One of the, it's not my favorite Rocky, but you know it's got Mr. T in it. It's fun. You know the the only Rocky movie I have seen is Creed. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It's interesting yeah. for future <laughs> for the future. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Rocky podcast okay. after multimedia failure is over. <laughs> uh, if I was if I was feeling more patriotic at this point in time in my life, maybe we could watch Rocky Four. But you know, it's <laughs> but well, let's we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, Poltergeist. Uh, it was a great movie, but I think we I think we made the right choice. Yeah, I think, I think so too. Yeah, let's not yeah. meander on this any further. Vanessa, why don't you go ahead and talk yeah. about the thing a little bit here? Like, right. how did I continue? Um, fun fact: the, the thing was like really poorly received because um, people preferred ET. They're like, we want our alien movie to be ET, not the thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, after it was released on video, it made kind of a comeback because it's excellent. <laughs> Do you think if those movies were released now, like it would be, it'd be, it'd be the exact opposite? I feel like this like cult, like yes. uh, yes. U.S. Yeah. culture has changed that much. I agree. Like it has. I think it has so too. Like, I, I think, especially in the climate right now, I don't think government agents uh, getting <laughs> ET would be a very a popular thing at the moment. Yeah. I think, I think, even like turn of the century, I feel like ET would not have been as popular if it came out like in this millennium as yeah. it as it was. So they probably People also might... would have CG'd the shit out of that thing. So I don't think it would have uh, would have worked as well as it did. Yeah, and. People are just more open to nihilistic things <laughs> later <laughs> in later decades. Yes, we've uh, mm-hmm. we've all be, we've all come to accept the fact that we're all just going to die and everything's pointless. Yeah, that's this year. <laughs> July's coming up, guys. Aliens are upon us. Uh, we should have watched. We should have watched Independence Day. I probably mentioned that. Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like Independence Day. It's like one of my favorite movies of all time. I'll watch Independence Day literally anytime it comes on, which is about once a year. You know, I have a very stark memory of like seen the like not a preview but like just a like kind of a run-up thing to it before it came out of just like all the fighters that were like in the air and that's what i thought the whole movie was going to be it was just like this constant <laughs> battle of just like you know fighter jets in the air and i was like oh this is dope as shit this is exactly what i want to see and then i kind of watched it and i was like eh, this isn't really what i wanted to see but it's still okay yeah that was good. not dope as shit but it was pretty <laughs> yeah, okay yeah yeah, yeah. It's super cheesy but it's, it's good it's yeah. good as we celebrate our independence day better than anything donald trump's ever said did you, did you watch the new one i never saw the new one i heard mm. bad things it's not great i wouldn't watch it i did watch it i wouldn't recommend it my okay. mom was like really bitter it was like right after trump was elected and she was like the, the most fictional thing about this is that there's a woman president <laughs> she was so angry about independence day <laughs> It's like Linda, comment. It's like this is a this is a this is a movie based on aliens. Please yes. stop. It is. That, it's like a, a woman present. That is not the that is not the most uh, like out there thing in this movie. The fact that they're fucking aliens might be right. There. The fact oh, that this is a sequel to Independence Day that we didn't ask for. So yeah, twenty years later. Do, do they reference the Independence Day speech or the Welcome to Earth line in the second the new one? I don't remember. It was pretty unremarkable. They, it's like basically like all the the cast's children are the stars. Oh, all right, yeah. It's like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. The combat yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Back to um, the alien movie we were watching today or this week. <laughs> um, so the budget was fifteen million dollars, and knowing that it didn't do too well at the box office, what are your guesses for how it did? 10 million? I'm going to say 20. Yeah, Jason, you're pretty close. 19.6, but of course, because oh. the rules are going over, um, John wins. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> We're doing price to right, price is right rules. Yeah. Come on down, John! <laughs> yeah, John wins. Um, yeah. And so, um, we had talked a little bit about this before, but I've seen it, and John's seen it. Jason, have you seen this movie? I have never <laughs> seen this thing before. I... We were talking about this before we started recording, and I feel like I was just in the kind of, like, prime of my life as far as being able to, like, just wrong time, basically. Like, I was too young to have seen it when it was contemporary, basically, and by the time everything kind of rolled around, like, this, it was just an old horror movie, basically, by the time, like, it even hit, like, VHS, and... You know, you, you go to a video store and you don't want to, like, see old stuff. You want to see new stuff as you're wandering around Hastings for 20 minutes trying to pick out something. Um, 
And then as I got older, it was just sort of one of those things of like, yeah, I, I haven't seen that. Oh, I haven't seen that. And then like the PS2 and Xbox game came out, and I was like, you know, the game looks kind of cool. Maybe I should watch the movie. And I just never did either. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this was a this was a real treat. This is the first time I've ever seen this, and I was very glad um, we watched this because this was one of those things that was like on iTunes on sale for like five dollars, and I just picked it up. Just I was like, oh, well, it, much like many of the games I purchased, uh, I just was like, oh, I'll pick it up and maybe never get around to it, and kind of kind of glad I got around to this one. <laughs> yeah, it turns out out of all movies we've watched so far, this is the only one I own digitally. <laughs> so, <Am> I? <laughs> weird, right? Out of everything we've watched. How's that what work? a treat. So, John, I'm assuming you watched that this when you were like seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I didn't watch it that very yet. I watched it uh, uh, late teens, probably when I finally got around to okay. seeing this movie. Um, I Horror movies were not my bag for a long time. So, I, that, was a late, that was a later addition to my life. Um, but once I did, you know, break the seal on those, it was, uh, I, I love them now generally. I also don't do body horror generally. I'm not a huge fan of body horror. This is like one, this is a very, very strong exception to that. But, uh, yeah, I've seen the movie many times. I watched it last year around Halloween, I believe. I usually, well, I usually watch it once a year. It's, uh, it's a top five horror movie for me. Sometimes it might be my favorite horror movie, if, we, if oh. we're being honest. So okay. it's, uh. Uh, generally, I say Halloween, but this one is close. This is a movie I hold very dearly <laughs> for, how, <laughs> the, for how weird and disturbing it, it is. So Yeah, it's uh, pretty weird. Yeah, I, I watch this sometime, and I have no idea when I watch this, but this is like the first 80s movie I've gotten to be like, Jim, like I can introduce you to an 80s movie for oh, once. Oh, wow. So that was a big cool thing. He was like, oh, this movie. <laughs> it's a little bit much. Um, uh, so, okay, so let's, 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 what did he think of this? He really liked it. He thought it was like, um, I don't know, we had like a few moments of discussion during it, but he like generally liked it a lot. Um, we talked a lot about like, uh, because I was doing all the research on it, like how it like uh, came a little bit after like the Cold War. And then there was also, um, it had a lot of parallels with like the AIDS epidemic because people were like, well, we, like you either, like you have it, but you can't tell. And no one knows like, uh, so it's a very interesting point of discussion. Yeah, liked there's a lot, it. a lot of McCarthyism in this movie. Yeah, I was going to say as, um, um, you know, Jim's a little bit closer to to my age. Um, yeah, I was kind of wondering like what he would think of it because sometimes going back to like you know quote unquote classics from uh, you know me and Jim's kind of age group or whatever, you go back and like there's a lot of problematic shit in this if you haven't seen it before. <laughs> and yeah. this, this one I didn't really have that issue with. Um, I've been listening to you know I've, I've listened to, I've been listening to forever, but um, kind of two of the more recent episodes of Tardy to the Party they've gone back and watched Pretty and Pink and 16 Candles and um, I've never seen either one of them and judging by their reaction I don't think I have any interest in watching e- either of those movies now so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've never I've seen Pretty and Pink I've never seen 16 Candles I've seen the parodies of the scene from 16 the candle scene <laughs> from 16 Candles but I've never actually seen the movie yeah I, I, I think those will stay off my list there but yeah this, this seems like a real treat and I'm, I'm glad Jim enjoyed this too because this is this is one of those things like I, I maybe Jim was like in the same kind of like age that ranges me where you just kind of like just miss this just because of um, not fortuitous timing on our on our parts as far as like technology goes, just our age at the time when the thing came mm-hmm. out, you know, just yeah, just one of those things of and it's sort of like a generational thing at this point now where I don't think like generations coming up are ever not ever, but, you know, are going to have this problem because everything's available all of the time now, whereas like, you know, it could be a year 
that a movie's in theaters and then like another year before it hits VHS and then even then like you have to happen upon it at a video store now it's just like oh I want to watch this I'll plunk down $3 on Amazon and it's I can watch it now so life is good <laughs> yeah life's pretty sweet that's why when people like get nostalgic for that I'm like nah, you know I mean I like the video store and everything but it's just it, everything's so much better now like it can literally just get anything that I want pretty much whenever I want at this point <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah. wow, all, all, almost all of humanity's, like, digital creations, like, at my fingertips instantly. Gee, that's that's, that's so rough. I mean, yeah, granted, sometimes it backfires in a little bit, and you have a little bit of a nervous breakdown on Twitter and Facebook, but hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just me. <laughs> well, that's nice, too, that it's like, I didn't, uh, you know, I'm not so invested. So if this movie, like, you know, if I read a movie and it sucks, it's like, well, I'm just going to stop watching it because I don't have to. I don't have to return it. I can just turn it off and forget about it forever. <laughs> Yeah. Did you ever, like, get through a movie and hate it so much that, like, you went back, you called the video store and were like, hey, can I swap this out for something else? <laughs> you let me rent this? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. looked me dead oh, in the no. eyes and said yes when I said I wanted to rent this movie. That's what I would tell them. That's what I would ask them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, nope. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've done that before where I don't even remember what movie it was, but I was just like, I I can't do this. I was like, this, I... This, Battlefield Earth. I've never seen that one, and we're not ever watching that either, okay? <laughs> not happening. Okay. All right, guys, just stay in. It's an option. <laughs> you know what? It is, and so suicide, okay? We're not doing it. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah. Sorry, Vanessa. I know we've kind of derailed our conversation here quite a bit, but I'll let you kind of take oh, the reins back. Whatever. There. This is like the, the bonus episode, right? Um... <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah, we're enjoying ourselves for a goddamn change. I know. Let's enjoy it while we have it. I was actually surprised at how, like, how pleasantly the CGI has aged. Like it's not CGI. It's like puppetry and like yeah, makeup but, effects. It's amazing. Yeah. It's all practical it's effects. 30 years old. And it looks great. It's, it still looks great. In my uh, this this like, movie's almost 40 years old. <laughs> is it 82, 90? Oh, you're right. You're I'm almost 40. 40 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so. sorry. Was, yeah. It's, uh, yeah almost 40 years old yeah and it's still i think it looks fantastic yeah absolutely awesome. there yeah. the thing i like i think the most about the thing as far as just it there's only a few scenes here and there that sort of put it in its time and that's like you know the the chess machine that it was oh that they God, were doing the <laughs> asteroids machine and then a, um the like the test sequence that they were running for the cell stuff like really like wardrobe stuff um maybe like the boom box that um Oh god, what was his name? Um was he easier than he be not Palmer? Oh um Nolls, 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 yeah. That he was using and him being on roller skates. Like, really, those were like some of the only things that really felt like, like put this thing in the early eighties. Everything else is I think having this like outpost in the Antarctic, like is a great setting for this because you have to have everything stark and kind of just like not bare bones, but pretty bare bones. So it really leaves things open for like when this took place, basically. And I really appreciate the hell out of that. Now, granted, the computers that were getting destroyed about two thirds of the way, three quarters of the way through the movie <laughs> are, you know, a room full of computers that were probably less powerful than the um, old iPhone I have that I now use as an iPod. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, yes. Uh, and then I guess the only sequence, like the. The spacecraft in the very, very beginning of the movie is like the only thing that's probably aged poorly in terms of special effects wise. Because I mean, it's that's CGI. Yeah. That's like 15 seconds of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the pup, the puppet work is just incredible in this movie. Yes. It's 
and it's disgusting. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, they did a great job. It's like the, yeah. the, the monsters in this movie are like top notch for sure. Yeah, I, I, Go ahead, Jason. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, as I was watching this, I was like, why does John like this? He hates body horror, and this movie is body horror to the extreme. If it, because I guess we'll, t- we'll talk about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 it's really fast. It's really quick shots of everything. Like, it doesn't linger on a lot of stuff. Like, it's mm-hmm. disgusting, but like. There's a there's a lot of downtime in this movie that still works and that's yeah. why. But it's like, uh, uh, but yeah, we can we can talk, we can chat about this movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's chat. Okay, so we'll get on to the plot. You guys ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Absolutely. All right. Thousands and thousands of years before Antarctica, a spaceship crashes on Earth. <laughs> 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 then Antarctica, 1982. Um, we start off with a helicopter chase. These two crazy people are chasing an Alaskan dog through the Antarctic. You know, one of the Malamutes, I guess, right? Is that what they're called? Yeah. I think this, this is already starting really well. Yeah. <laughs> they're, chasing it, they're, they're chasing it and shooting at it. It's, yeah. Also, it's such, the beginning of this movie is nuts. If you have no idea what the movie is, yeah. like, you come into this movie and you're just like, there's a hel- guy in a helicopter in Antarctica shooting at a dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, <laughs> I, a... um, I've got, I, and I don't know why, but like, I got some really weird, like, Planet of the Apes vibes from the opening few, like, like maybe thirty seconds of the, um, like Antarctica shot, just because the way the camera is kind of like focusing on the mountain ridge and shaking just a little bit, it just reminded me, just like, I, I guess, just like camera work wise of the Planet of the Apes movies. I don't know why, but I just got a weird vibe of that. I have no idea if Carpenter is, but I feel like he would be a fan of the Planet of the Apes movies. Yes. But, uh, yeah. So I, I, mean, I can't confirm or deny, but I feel like he would be a fan of those movies. I mean, he's so. also a fan of the original version or, or the like movie that this is sort of based on, um, the, the thing from another world. And, you know, he's very like high praising of that. And I honestly, I don't feel like he gives himself enough credit for what he did because I'm like, I, I, w- I went and watched some of that and I was like, I mean, this is okay, but it was like, man, the thing's a fucking yeah, masterpiece. He, yeah, he... <laughs> He likes he likes his uh, he liked that movie a lot, but he does say he doesn't like the creature design, which is I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, he you know he's he's a toned down version of the nemesis, basically from Resident Evil. <laughs> yes, and, but yeah, Carpenter is seventy two, so you know he's been around for a while. So that was that movie's probably probably feels different to him than it does to us. Uh, absolutely, so, yeah. I I appreciate what that movie was and probably what it did. It it you know it gave us this movie, so there's that. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we're oh, shooting at a dog, Vanessa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shooting at a dog. Um, <laughs> they chase the dog onto the U.S. National Sciences Institute Station 4. Oh, and I don't want to get too nihilistic here already, but uh, that dog, <laughs> just, just so you guys know, that dog is long dead now. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. All those dogs are dead. Yeah, they he are. Was a, he was a very dead. good boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and all the, all the cast is old, too. Yeah. They're all good boys. <laughs> Also, like Kurt Russell is like a hottie. Just saying, you know, Kurt Russell is perfect for this movie. I, you know, oh, I was yeah. gonna say, I was like looking at him, I was like, man, like just the feathery hair and the way his <laughs> eyes contrast. I was like, man, he's a he's a looker, isn't he? He's a straight up hottie. Too bad yeah. he is old now. <laughs> Vanessa, that is how that is that is how time works. <laughs> so, hey, yeah. hey, time. <laughs> he's just busy collecting paychecks for the Fast and Furious franchise at this point. He shows up for like ten minutes in a movie and gets paid. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, him and Carpenter, legendary duo, like Big Trouble, Big Trouble Little China, which oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that a podcast was a great, named after. That was a great movie. <laughs> but uh, um, 
escaped from New York. So yeah, they're, they do a lot of, a lot of great stuff together. And yeah, he's just, I can, I can't picture anyone else with McCready than Kurt Russell. Honestly, they're, he's perfect for the role. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, straight up hottie. So speaking of McCready, we start in on the the first view of the U.S. National Science Institute Station 4 that we get is McCready, <laughs> Kurt Russell, drinking and playing computer chess against the chess wizard. Uh, they, uh, and then he he loses to the chess wizard yeah. and pours his drink into the thing. And I feel like it is such an amazing way to show just how stir crazy these assholes are at this point uh-huh. in time. Yeah, yeah. It's just like they really just are losing their goddamn minds. He just like destroyed his one form entertainment because he lost the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, you cheating bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. A little bit of a sore loser. In many ways, I could picture like still the people in Antarctica being like, "We don't get really the highest tech stuff, and all I have is a chess wizard to play against." <laughs> yeah, like when's the next shipment of anything coming down to them? Like how could like months probably at a time yeah. you know, between visits of any of any kind? So, yeah, I'm sure these. Uh, that's like. It just bleeds leads into the how perfect of a setting this is for like what this movie is about. Is just like these guys that are just tired of each other. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, at this point. and tired of being there too. Yeah, yeah, it is so perfect. Okay, back to the movie. <laughs> um, so McReady like screws up the one form of entertainment they have because he feels like it. Um, and then we go back to the helicopter chase. So the you know the wacky helicopter chase is still happening. The dog runs onto the base. No one knows what the dog was doing out here out there. The helicopter people are like. Acting like crazy people. They're from they're, Norway. Yeah, they can't speak English, so they're just screaming in Norwegian at the people. Yeah, they're yeah. Try, they, they, they start throwing bombs at the dog. So the one thing in this movie that, I, that like is just too goofy is the fact that the guy drops the grenade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like up. goes to and just flies yeah. out of his mitted hand. Yeah, it's basically. like it's like it's one thing that doesn't really fit to me in this movie, but maybe it's just me. But it's just like it's, it's so like slapstick of a way for that guy to die i have to say when i first saw that you know i was was watching it the first time and i was like oh boy (laughs) i was a little worried i was like oh is this is this what this is gonna be but thankfully no it did um i the the thing i did really like is as they're flying through outside of asteroids the only bit of product placement that they have here is uh the oil barrels with the chevron logo on it so the or so the thing brought to you by chevron (laughs) (laughs) and also it's a helicopter why the fuck do they keep doing these flybys why don't hovery just shoot the goddamn thing yeah they're not great well they're scientists maybe (laughs) true he's not a very good shot i mean i've only held a gun a few times in my life and even i'm like i could probably hit that damn dog jesus christ you guys yeah they would do a bad job and then they try to bomb it and they bomb themselves i actually read somewhere that um they had hoped to like do a cooler explosion and have like the helicopter like land and blow up but they were like we don't have the budget for that so we'll just have him accidentally blow it up <laughs> yeah and my favorite thing throughout this whole thing is like you know when the uh, the scientists come shooting at them or whatever and they all take cover kurt russell managed to hold on to his booze the whole time <laughs> <laughs> he's so talented yes very skilled he, like i see him getting up and his booze is still in his hand i was like oh my god man priorities <laughs> so good yeah so as we've been flying the norwegians accidentally blow up their helicopter the remaining norwegian is still trying to kill the dog shoots one of the americans by accident and then the um like i guess marshal slash captain gary shoots him in the face gary with two r's oddly gary, yeah, yeah right gary. gary with two r's you don't care about <laughs> gary gary you know gary. you know what he kind of reminds me of is like he seems like he would fit in perfectly into the 1951 version of this movie probably was in it it's <laughs> <Just> true <laughs> he was uh, the mcready and it's not a moffat he's been a lot of shit um but I don't know if he was in the original one. So. He just—he just seems like he would fit into that, like uh, you know, very, very early post World War II type thing. You know, the very early Cold War type thing. 
I just checked. He just he only died two years ago. Oh, what? Really? How old was he? Um, he would have been eighty-eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a pretty good life. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad at all. Eighty-seven. He died at eighty-seven. Okay. Oh, still okay. <laughs> Okay, back to this plot. Um, so anyway, so the Norwegians are now both dead. The U.S. is like, or, you know, the U.S. scientists, soldier things, whoever these people are, they're deciding about what to do that the Norwegians attacked them. They try to contact the base. They can't get a hold of anybody else from Antarctica, which is already a problem. And they choose, after the storm, to go to the Norwegian base. Now, oh, one thing, I, I don't know if you guys caught this. The the guy they called Doc, and mm-hmm. he's got a nose Copper. ring? Yeah, it's got a nose ring. In 1982, the, like, just, like, it's very common now, but to think of 1982, like, either male or female, that was not a very common thing, and I wonder how he got away with that in the movie. Like, it just, I don't know, it was was a very odd little detail that I was like, how did this happen? Now, I imagine, like, the fidelity of seeing this thing, even in the big screen back in the day, you probably didn't notice it, especially like on a 13 inch TV on VHS. There's no way in hell you notice it, but you know, on a 65 inch 4k TV, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, of course you're going to notice that sort of thing now, but just like, did nobody think like, Hey dude, can you just take this off for the day? And we'll call it. I don't know. It's pretty stylish. I could see like, you know, it's like, yes, uh, today, today in 1982, super crazy. Losing his shit on the base. It's like, I'm going to pierce my nose. I feel like John Carpenter uh, is a very progressive man, so that makes sense that he would he would not give a shit in yeah. the movie. Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, this was 1982. I mean, even the most progressive people were a little, you know, <laughs> at times. Yeah, but so. the, this is the, I mean, there's, it's it's a group, like Vanessa said, it's a group full, full of guys losing their minds out there in Antarctica, so I don't think, uh, to me, it's like, ah, what am I going to do today? I guess I'll pierce my nose. <laughs> so and then, and then, and then yeah. conveniently have a nose ring laying around, okay. <laughs> right, it's, it's like, it's probably like a piece of wire or something. It's like probably how you infected. Cut, like, you like cut bangs every once in a while. There's no problem with that. <laughs> that thing is infected as all hell. It's like, is that yeah. a booger? Oh no, no, no. That's that's pus. Okay. Oh god. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's body horror. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, Vanessa. I keep de- I, I, I keep I keep derailing us here. So this is, see now you guys know what this is like for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So McGreedy and Doctor Copper are the ones who decide to go to the base. Um, they get there. It's on fire. It appears abandoned. It looks like it's having a bad day. <laughs> yes, they yeah. they convey a lot about this creature, and it was about really without really saying anything about it. It's like okay, fire seems to be important for whatever happens to this thing. Uh, right. They, they also have the kind of, almost seems throwaway at first when because you don't you know anything, if you haven't seen the movie, but like when they look in the helicopter after the dude blows himself up, is like it was loaded with kerosene because mm-hmm. they were chasing the dog down to burn it to death. So mm, that's why it went up so fast. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, so, burn it after they killed it. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, sorry, Vanessa. Yeah. So they, invest- they start investigating the um, on fire abandoned base and they find um, like a seriously dead body, super frozen, committed suicide, probably. Yes, the uh, the the frozen the frozen blood is a is an incredible touch. It's yeah, uh, there's so our, much blood. That's maybe our first like um, grim grim body horror look. Is this de- really super dead dude? Yes, and it's not even the most disgusting thing you see at this Norwegian base. But... No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Cropper starts like basically raiding the lab, and so Max like, what are you doing? It's like these papers could be useful, but they're of course in Norwegian, so he doesn't really know yet. Um, while this is all happening, Mac explores the other rooms. Uh, they find an odd excavated ice block. So like a giant rectangular slab of ice. Yes. Question mark. 
and uh, it's and it's also been cut open too. Like there was something inside of the ice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a little like it. It took me honestly. I think it was my second watch that I kind of caught what the hell happened there. I was like, what? Why is that there? Like, did they build a base around this? thing and then i was like oh the second watch i was like oh i see i see what happened but yeah, anyway a, this movie does take I, I do recommend multiple viewings of this movie but uh yeah. it they, uh sorry Vanessa. oh i was gonna say they don't really explain it really well in the moment they're just like oh what is this hmm like they don't really talk about it much they just like uh talk like they're like oh look this is weird and then they leave yeah, yeah they don't they kind of leave the audience in the same spot as the um characters are in the movie mm-hmm. a lot of the time like you you know as much as the characters you generally yeah which is which which mean which makes everything which really makes the mystery of the movie work really well because you're the whole time you're like what the fuck is going on or who's yeah. who, what is what but uh also in this time isn't this when the dog is walking around wandering around the, the, the base <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah back at the base the, yes. the dog that they found is just like walking around they don't yes. like, they're like whatever dog have free would have free reign of the base yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, it oh, you've wanders. been traumatized. They were trying to kill you. I don't know why. <laughs> yes, and the dog wanders into uh, someone's room. You see a shadow of a person. I believe that is Palmer. If I remember, if, uh, based on the shadow. But it, it, so, so this is actually a fun fact. They use yeah. like um, nobody from the crew just to make sure that they couldn't like give away. Yeah, because like, oh, hints. that's interesting. That's a good. Mm-hmm. That's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. It, um, uh, I believe like in a lot of ways, Carpenter did uh, didn't really. There's a lot of things that weren't officially like made, like they're officially made about who what was a who was a creature and who wasn't. Honestly, like it was kind of left up in the air to a lot of the cast generally. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it could have been a lot of different characters because multiple people change in multiple different times in the movie. So, <laughs> but uh, I've always thought it was Palmer based on the shadow. So. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too. Like, if you maybe for the first time you're like, "Oh, the dog is just wandering around. Like, not a big deal. Why are we focused on this dog?" Yeah, and, there's a, and then there's later a lot you of, realize, yeah, there's a lot of screen wipes too. Like, they, they don't. This movie doesn't linger on anything. Like, Ooh. it's like, it's like, it's like you either have to gather what's happening right now, or you're like, "What is going on?" And then it, new, next scene, like, there yep. is no like, "Oh, this is a clue." There's no, none of none of that happens in the movie. There's no like, audience, you better pay attention to this thing right here. It's like this could be important, could not be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, so. and see, like, really, like, I think this, if this came out today in the way it came out, I think it would have been appreciated a little bit more just because a lot of the stuff that it, you know, like, like you said, John, this, this really lends itself well to multiple watchings because the first time you watch it, you can kind of passively watch it and get the gist of it. And then you go back and watch it the second time and you start picking up on so much stuff like, oh, holy shit, this was pointing to that and that means that and that like oh okay but unfortunately you know in 1982 uh you know as well as it did uh nobody obviously really gave a shit and went to go see it a second time to go check it out yeah it was also i think it came out in the summer which was i think a mistake but uh yeah it's it it just wasn't it just wasn't the right time it happens a lot of it happens in a lot of movies unfortunately a lot of good movies but uh it's been very it the appreciation of that movie has grown immensely in the years since it released so that's that's at least good mm-hmm. yeah back to the plot okay so the dog's wandering around we're not sure who he's interacting with um back at the norwegian base copper and mac decide to take the remains of these burnt bodies they found because they're weird bodies with extra limbs and like two heads they decide for some reason let's take one of these back with us <laughs> yeah that decision has always been like why would why'd you bring yeah, it back yeah, <laughs> yeah right. that's the most horror movie decision in the entire movie to me it's like know, why did you like, bring it back and isn't it a little weird that um that diabetes uh, is the one who does the dissection and not the doc 
Well, I'm not sure who exactly the doctor is in this, really, because oh. there is the doc, and then there is Blair, who's maybe also a doc. <laughs> also, Fuchs is a doctor, a scientist, I believe. Is like a, I think they're they're all sci- a lot of the, most of them are scientists. Like McCready is a helicopter McCready's, pilot. Yeah, he's just a helicopter pilot asshole. Basically, Childs is like security. I forget what Childs is actually. He. Oh, it's funny because Childs is, does not show up in me for a while. Um, I don't remember if they even mentioned if they. I think they mentioned him like in passing at one point early on, but Keith David does not show up for a while in this movie. Yeah, he might uh, have like one, one line early on, but they're like yeah. all in the rec room. It is yeah. really weird to see him um, so young and thin. Like it, it's like Keith Dave or Keith David's voice coming out of Dave Chappelle is kind of what it looked like. <laughs> it's like what the hell? That's Keith David. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's it's. Uh, but I do, I do love Keith David, so I'm glad he's in the movie. Yeah, I but, do. Yeah, I think I believe Copper is more of a medical doctor, and I th- and I believe and Blair is a sci- is more straight is more of a general scientist. Um, but so I think there like are all, I think there's multiple doctors just with different specialties. Okay, because they're 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 in a scientific facility, like you know they're doing research in Antarctica, so I think they all have different reasons for being there. Yeah, that makes sense. They can only have six of them, so. <laughs> anyway, so Blair's asked to do the obstacle. He um, starts cutting this thing apart and realizes that it has a completely normal set of human organs, even though it has two heads, two faces on one head. Yes. <laughs> this is our first, like, um, really close-up, gruesome scene of the monstrosity. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to – you're just trying to figure out what it was, like, where – uh, where the person starts <laughs> in the thing. Yeah. And now, yeah. The, um, the thing I really appreciated was like when they're coming back in the helicopter, the dog sitting there like watching the helicopter land. It's kind of like, I think that's maybe the first little bit of like, I don't want to say foreboding to the uh, sinister thing that's going on with the dog at the time, but it's just like, oh, there's something going on with this thing. Okay. So, <laughs> it's it's a weirdly so well-behaved dog. It's been so long since I've seen this the, for the first time. So, Jason, was the dog, like, generally, did you not, what did you think of the dog from, from the beginning of the movie? Like, obviously, there's something with the dog, right, to you? or I knew, just based on, like, what I'd heard about the prequel, because, like, the end of the prequel is, like, yeah, a lot of people good. joked, like, really no one gave a shit like oh where did that dog come from you know i was like oh okay so the dog's clearly something but just watching it like not really knowing what the like dog's kind of role in the movie was i was a little like okay well it's a little weird that these guys are chasing this dog to kill it like it's so like feverishly trying to like destroy this thing so there's obviously something going on yeah it's uh but i'll i'll say the prequel is decent it's not bad it's uh the, for it's just it's very cgi which kind of kills the purpose of uh, a thing yeah it's kind of a bummer but, but uh it's, it's not bad it's a decent horror movie um it's it's definitely it's, it's forgettable i guess i don't mm. remember a lot about it it's, i just remember being like oh, that wasn't bad i was pleasantly surprised it's <laughs> so, no thing it's no thing <laughs> no the thing is no the thing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing 2011 is no the thing 1982 <laughs> exactly yeah okay speaking of dogs <laughs> Clark, um, you know, this new dog's just wandering around. They're like, Clark, put the dog in the kennel with the other dogs. We're tired of this dog wandering around the base. Like, duh. Um, So so he puts the new dog with the other dogs. Jim actually thought that the other dogs were going to, like, you know, were were the bad dogs, not the new dog. So So anyway, so Clark puts the new dog into the kennel with the normal dogs, and then all hell breaks loose, basically. This is like, this kennel scene blows the movie wide open. (laughs) Yeah. like oh my god yeah, what is happening it, it goes from a very like um kind of like 
oh geez like there's something weird going on here too oh fuck <laughs> yeah like there's, there's no there's no subtlety to this. there is no cutaway to like the dog screaming or whatever it's just like that dog's face splits open and it starts screaming and then like tentacles come out and it is a bad scene <laughs> so. yeah like yeah and the other dogs are freaking out it's like this this part alone just because of the other dogs like panicking and this thing like being a thing Ugh. Yes, it's, yeah, it is, and, and it like the puppet work. Oh my god, <laughs> it's, it's just, really good. Yeah. Even though it's really gross, like that is yeah. that is one like note I have of the movie. It's like there's no consistency, which is something I appreciate to the the monster design, except gross and wet. Yes, it's like because I I believe they couldn't even they couldn't decide on what they wanted it to really look like, and so it's kind of like they kind of just were at the seat of their pants when they were designing it most of the time. Each, like each one looked completely different from the last one, which was like you said, Jason. I think uh, really a strength of the movie, honestly, because you're like what because it could be it literally there's so many um, transformations that stick out in your mind because they're all so unique. Uh, and this one is just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah, and yeah. they're all like super, like so surprising. Ter- like they're all terrifying and surprising in their own ways. Yeah, Ooh. and then it like spits acid on the dog it's, or something, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on there. <laughs> it, yeah. Like the dog that was trying to chew its way out of the cage, which was a really good touch. It was like this, like this dog realizes it's fucked if it doesn't get out of here. <laughs> yeah, and. Then I do like that everyone sees the creature. Like, I, yeah. I like that there's no, like, there's no people like, oh, I don't believe you. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like, it's like, kill it, a, kill it, kill it with yeah, fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, as John said, immediately, like, Clark runs back and he's so, like, I don't understand why he's, like, walking around in the dark, opening the door when the dogs are, like, freaking out instead of turning on the light first. But whatever, Clark. Well, because you don't want to alert if there's, like, an intruder or something like that, you know, like that you're coming down the hallway, basically. Like, you want to have some. Dogs out. <laughs> so yeah. they kill it. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, two two dogs get out because he opens the door, which is interesting because you're like because I know uh, the the dogs do get killed later. I don't I know I'm jumping ahead too much, but it's like where like those dogs were touched, so obviously those dogs were most likely infected too, and they got away. So that's like another thing to where they could have tra- it could have changed someone at some point too. It's like a, there's a lot of things like that that are left really like threads that are left, and I think are movie stronger for it but anyway mm-hmm. yeah so in the scene um childs runs in with a flamethrower um i thought that they should have let it burn for a little bit longer but yeah me it's too it's just me <laughs> yeah, yeah i had the same thought i'm like i you guys they, you, i would have let that thing play <laughs> that whole room burn to the ground at that point good god what yeah was like? yeah i mean that dog was a pile of just like mush and tentacles it was and then it shot into gnarly. the ceiling <laughs> like, yeah it's like yeah, whatever to put it put it after one second that's actually one of the things i thought was funniest in this movie is that when they flamethrow something like there's immediately like five other guys on hand with like um fire, fire extinguishers, extinguishers. <laughs> yeah well see the thing is too though they cannot survive out in the yeah. out in the open there so they they need their base intact if they're going to live yeah yeah just, I, in that in that moment i just don't know if i would have that thought process in my mind yeah me neither <laughs> like, no i'm yeah, right there with you no there's no way in hell i would have had the wherewithal to like think like we should probably put this fire out otherwise our home is going to die or like kill us basically because it's it's now it's now falling apart and open and exposed to the elements i would have just been like kill that fucking thing i don't care we'll figure it out i'll go hide in yeah. the like the in the pantry yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure like the scientists are trained. Like that's one of the things drilled into their 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 brain when they when they're going down there is like, to put out any fire immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Do not panic. Put the yeah. fire out first. 
Yes. So now this thing is now a burnt pile of charred uh, limbs, and they decide to autopsy this one also. So Blair does another autopsy, and he finds out that this also has, like, exactly the innards of a dog and other pieces of dog, and it, it imitates life forms perfectly when it absorbs them. Yeah, yes. yeah, Diabetes is uh, is kind of horrified as he's pulling this thing apart, and rightfully so. Yeah, he starts to lose it pretty fast here. <laughs> yeah, he I would, I, I would too. I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be McCready in this. I would be diabetes. I would be diabetes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where I would be. I'm just like, oh god, oh god, it's gonna kill all of us. I would be Clark. I'd be like my dogs. Clark, uh, the stuff with Clark is great. Like uh, the the is he or isn't he a thing the entire time is so good with Clark. Yeah, and, you know, I gotta say, I think he's the one, like the one person in this movie that. If he came out and like today the exact way he is, he he would fit in perfectly. He's just got that kind of like hipster sort of bearded dude look that is oh, kind yeah. of popular today. I was like, oh, that guy would fit right in today. Everyone else, they sort of have a little bit of like an '80s look to them, but not terrible. But yeah, he he is exactly like, oh, that guy would fit in perfectly today. <laughs> yes, yes. He would just need the Pidgeotto haircut, and he'd be like perfect. <laughs> Well, especially because like his uh his like job is like keeper of the dogs, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, that sounds like a real job. And this guy would also be doing the job right now. <laughs> Good old dog keeper Clark. Um, your, so now Blair's super walker. suspicious of Clark because he, uh, you know, Blair's starting to realize that maybe this thing can take uh, control of or you know can copy you if it's alone with you for too long. Which is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. It's um. You know, as he's sitting there thinking about it, it's just like you kind of see it in his head. Like he, he might realize like right there how fucked they all are, basically. Yeah, because then is this? Does he do the the cell test at this point? Is this when he's doing the cell test? Or is that it's a little. Later? It's a, That's like it, a minute later. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say it's not much further, but I think while he's talking to Clark, he's realizing yeah. that they're all fucked, and I think he just sort of confirmed it with the yeah. uh, with a with the cell test thing simulation. Yeah, the, yeah. the the numbers it gives you are just like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it's like the. I don't know. Is I think the scariest one is the the thing when it says the odds of people being in, one or more being infected is seventy five percent. Yeah, of already. It, yeah, it's just like oh my god. It, it's just like in the audience of the, the same place he is at that point. You no one has any. They don't tell you. Any, they never tell you anyone's a thing until they are until they're caught essentially. Yep. For the, like so, it's you're. You're just like God. One or more already is one of them, and is like there's like what nine people in, in this in this base. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't blame yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, right. then, yeah. So, then three years to infect the whole world, basically. A little yeah, over three crazy. years. I'm like, Ugh, okay. Yeah. So while Blair is running this experiment, um, Mac and crew are checking out the Norwegian base site because they saw a video of the Norwegians excavating something much bigger than the block of ice. Yes. So, the, sorry. It's a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, the spaceship in the beginning of the movie. Um, and, yeah, it's just, it's massive. And then you just see, like, the little block of ice cut out from a little further away. Yeah. And, you're, and you put it, you start putting it together, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so, that was that was where I, like, that was, like, the first time I watched it. I don't know if I, like, blinked and missed it or just didn't put it together. But the second time watching it, I was like, oh, oh, God, that's how they got this thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I do like the touch of it. Like, it tried to get out of the ship and froze. I like that. Yeah. It's, uh, 
Vanessa, you sounded way too empathetic of this thing when you said, yeah. Well, you know, I tried its best. <laughs> I'm also glad they didn't go inside of the frozen spaceship. Like, they're just like, okay, we're, I also don't know why they didn't go, why they went down there in the first place, honestly. But uh, it's yeah, I like. I didn't think they need to do that. Yeah, but not going in. I'm like, ah, oh, thank God they're not. They didn't just go into the mysterious frozen spaceship. <laughs> it's like, and, talk, and talk about a needle in a haystack, like just finding that thing. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's. I mean, Antarctica's large. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. But they're scientists. They're trained for this stuff. <laughs> okay. So anyway, back at the base, uh, Blair's doing his experiment. The world will be infected in 27,000 hours if it reaches civilization. Fun fact, apparently, like, uh, there's a couple of translations where it says 27 hours, depending on the language. That's oh. kind of funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is way more horrifying. Yep. <laughs> that, changes, that changes the interpretation of this thing a lot. Yeah. So. Well, that would probably be modern day civilization based on, like, you know, as much air travel as we have today compared yeah. to the 80s. It's just like, well, um, let, let's say about four months ago as much air travel as we had <laughs> yeah, yeah. so on I mean, that note like so i was a little bit confused i guess originally i thought like the thing must um you know assimilate you so like it has to be alone with you and take over you but then later it's like kind of implied that like a drop of fluid could infect you so i'm not entirely sure uh, i believe the like, goal <laughs> the, the speed of assimilation depends on like the amount of the thing that's infecting you so yeah. like yeah, because a character gets infected later. Start, he a character gets essentially attacked by the thing later, and then starts changing immediately after getting attacked. Mm, yeah, um, that's true. But it's not like it's not like immediately drastic changes. It's like slower, and he and he was like and covered in a lot of blood. So it's the other thing is too. Um, if I really have any like real legitimate complaint with it, is it's left rather ambiguous as to like. When it changes, exactly what happens? Where does the original organism goes? If the if it just it takes over the organism, then it's not really doing anything but being a parasite, effectively. But then also, if it like completely replicates itself, how memories aren't stored in cells. This isn't Metal Gear Solid, so you know how does that work? That it still has a personality and everything, right? Yeah, it says it like it, when you read like stuff about the movie, it does say that they say the thing can maintain memories and stuff. So it's just like. Does it assimilate your brain completely? Like it's it's hard to say. Like it is a parasite yeah. essentially, uh, and I think that what your your complaint also goes into like the problem they had when they're making the movie. And, like they couldn't really decide how they wanted the th- assimilation to work, which is yeah. why the Bennings, uh, which is later on, uh, it's actually coming up right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, that his that assimilation is the way it looks because they couldn't decide. And they just like I oh, just fucking throw shit on him and uh, yeah, yeah. It's like so yeah. yeah so let's 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 talk yeah. about that scene real quick. Yeah, so yeah. basically, um, Binnings and Windows take the corpse thing to a storage room and um, you know put it on a table, clear out the rest of the stuff, and then Windows is like, I'll be right back, and Binnings is now alone with it, but we see it moving under the blanket. Yes. Uh, also, at this point in time, I think McCready has the dirty clothes that Nalls found, like the torn clothes from the, oh, in the yeah. trash can, which is a, like, again, that's including, they don't really linger on that at all. Like the fact that, like, you see McCready looking at it, and then it's just like, okay, but uh, what does that mean? Because you don't really understand how the thing works necessarily. So that's, that's just. That's another one of my complaints is like, well, what's with the clothes? Like, that's something I don't feel really ever gets explained no. yeah, properly. Because Benny's really. clothes are bloody. Also, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little confusing. I agree. I agree. It's very, it is a little confusing. 
Yeah. So Binning's turns into a thing, basically. So um, Windows walks in before Binning's thing has a, has time to like become a real thing, and then he just runs away to get help. <laughs> yeah, which is you know good, <laughs> I guess, instead of just sitting there and staring. Because you gotta you gotta pick one. So right. And Binning's thing, like this is like an interesting way that the thing, I guess the thing works though, right? Because Binning's thing, instead of like um, chasing him, he's like, I need to get out of here so I can continue my assimilation. Yes. So, yeah. so he runs out into the snow and so falls down. So, so you know that the thing is an intelligent being of some kind too. Like it's not just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, at least has some, some like mode of self-preservation. It can kind yeah. of cycle too, basically. Yes. So yeah. And they did this, this is their, Unsure, their lack of uh, surety on how they wanted the thing to work did lead to this bending scene, which I think is a is a great scene. Like I do, like the mm-hmm. it's like they weren't sure what to do. It's like eventually, they go, all right, we'll give put them these monster hands on him, I guess. So well, right, and make him do that crazy yell. This is actually, I think, yeah. one of the creepiest scenes because like everybody's out there watching him, and even his friend is like, "But I know him. Like he's, yeah. I've known him for twenty years." Yeah. And no, no, they, past tense now, buddy. He's dead. Yeah, that is not your friend. And then they circle yeah. around him and burn him alive. Like, yeah. it's, it's like it's very dark shit in this movie constantly. Like these people have been, like I said, they've been around each other for months or who knows how long they've been down here. They never, it's never said, but like this is they're basically this is basically their family at this point, and they are just uh, picking each other apart essentially one by one. Yeah. So, yeah, this time, um, I believe Blair finds out that, like, the um, burnt matter was still, like, living matter. So, you know, it wasn't really dead. Um, yeah. And so he's starting to, like, really, really lose his shit. <laughs> now, and he, uh, I, I mm-hmm. do wonder, like, so even burning it doesn't do it. Now, is it just because it's not burned enough? I think it wasn't burned enough. Because I okay. think when they, like, reburned it, like, they really melted that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think because, remember, they put out the fire really quick on the dog. Yeah. As they do. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I, I think that's I think that okay. is uh, that's an implication is because I, I think that's an important part of why they do it so fast in the movie to kind of explain that it can you need to really fucking annihilate this thing. Yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. You, to, need, like, you need to let this thing like you know slowly yeah. put itself out, not uh, not not you put yeah. it out. It needs to burn, burn, yeah. burn. Yeah. So I guess I think there was a thought process to why not only just fact that they want to burn their living quarters down. But, <laughs> To, like a like movie language sort of way of doing it, but anyway. Yeah. So anyway, so Blair's losing his shit now. So he's basically now um, while they're burning the Binnings thing, he's like running around the base, chopping up um, communications and disabling all their uh, you know ways of getting off the base and killing the dogs. Oh boy, that uh, that axe in the dog was a little wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Poor, yeah, poor, yeah. Poor, poor Clark. Yeah, that, that's one of the things they don't show that is that makes it more effective. You like just imagine Blair like fucking holding, putting an axe in that dog. Mm. Like God damn. Yeah, it's a little traumatizing. So when we come back to Blair, he is like losing his shit in the communications room while Windows is like cowering in the corner and like just axing every single giant mega supercomputer, which is probably like about as powerful as Jason's iPod. <laughs> yeah. And and this is where I feel like the movie starts to like really kind of not come together in a way, but you really start to, well, shit, it, are people acting like this out of literal self-preservation or is it the thing making them act like this out of self-preservation for itself and right. you really start questioning i think i think this is the turning point in the movie where it kind of switches from oh well what what is the thing and um you know oh the thing's gonna get us to shit who is the thing yeah. and who yeah, is doing thing. this mm-hmm. yeah, and who is doing this yeah, out yeah. of self-preservation for itself or the thing doing it doing that for self-preservation of itself 
Yeah, yeah. and uh, the paranoia in this movie, I've seen the movie, like I said, multiple, multiple times, and I still feel, the paranoia feels so genuine in this mm-hmm. movie, even after seeing it so many times and knowing what happens, it you just feel like you still are, like, on the edge of your seat the entire time, because you're like, God, it's just palpable how, like, much these people are like, can I even trust you? <laughs> are you, right. or can you trust, it? can the, you, the audience, trust these characters? It's, uh, it's great. It's, yeah. this, it's, this movie's greatest strength, is the paranoia. Yeah. So. Yeah, this next scene I think is a really good one for it. Um, but anyway, before the next scene, they lock Dr. Cooper into a storage shed, and they're like, "You stay here." <laughs> or sorry, not Dr. Cooper. They lock Blair into a storage. Blair, shed. yes. Other there's doctors. a lot. There's a lot of doctors, and it's hard so to keep track of names. Just, just, <laughs> just call him diabetes. Diabetes, yes, him. Um, so in this next scene, the team is like brains. The rest of the team is brainstorming on how to figure this all out. And so Copper suggests they all compare blood samples to their existing samples. But when they get to the blood cabinet, someone's already sabotaged it. And this is where, like, um, the paranoia really, really builds. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody blames Gary because he's the only one with the key. He promises it wasn't him. And he's like, well, what about Copper? Well, what about you? And they're all, like, freaking out at this point. Yeah, and you see windows in the back. Like, he's they, – they, they linger on him freaking out a bit. And then they cut back to them arguing. And then you just hear windows taking off down. Then there's a really great um, tracking shot of windows running down the hallway to the gun cabinet. And uh, people are just they they just don't trust each other. It's and I don't you you can't blame them. No, it's, it's it makes sense to you. Like it, like there's there's a lot of logic in this movie to like to a character's motivations. It's you never feel like oh, why do you do that? It's generally yeah. most of the time you're like oh I get it. Yep. which is a really, uh, yeah. really rare in a horror movie. It's like <laughs> it's incredibly rare in a horror movie. Yeah, normally movie, you're like, oh, it's like, oh, come on, really? Why would you do that? And then this, it's like, nope, I completely understand that reaction. Right, I would have shot him too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Windows goes yeah. for a gun um, in the gun cabinet, and then like, so he and Gary are now like a you know a gun standoff, and then they finally decide like Gary's relieving himself of command. They have a short um, disagreement over who should lead, and everyone chooses, of course, McReady. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? He's got the great hair. Yeah, so. he's got that great hair. He's the sexiest. That's where they're like, you're the hottest. So yeah. although Child's pretty good looking dude, I, yeah. I did like the touch of Child's said he'd do it, and everyone's like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. You're black, and it's 1982. Not happening, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it tells you. It immediately tells you a lot about like, uh, like character relationships that way. Like they don't really. You don't really get background for any of these characters. It kind of, it kind of lets the character motive action do this talking for them. And it's like, oh, Charles must be an asshole of some kind because no one right. wants him to be in charge. Yeah. He's a hothead for sure. Yeah. yeah. So all of his like 15 lines, kind of a hothead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's 1982 and he's black. So, you know, as progressive as John Carpenter might be, I think, uh, you know, the, the whole leading man in a, uh, you know, well, a movie that didn't do end up doing very well anyway. I, it might have been a little bit much for audiences back then, you know. Yeah, so a, a product of its time. <laughs> so McCree decides to separate the group. Um, he basically says, "You guys are the most likely to be things." Gary Clark and Doctor Cooper. Do- uh, Clark gives him like this death stare when he's like, "Clark, go with the the things," <laughs> and they all get tied up and I guess injected with morphine. Is that what's happening there? Yeah. Yes. That's a rough life. <laughs> yeah it's, and, uh, and then uh, Felix way to be. is doing a test and then I don't know if like I I only caught this on my second viewing um, like the liquid that he had in the beaker while he's doing these tests or whatever went from brownish to clear yeah I didn't get that either so Felix I, is basically doing an experiment when McReady walks in yeah I, I, I don't really know what the point of that one was 
I've never looked into it. I've actually never thought about it, honestly. I just like, because I'm too busy thinking about what happened next in the movie, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah. Because it, like everything, Fuchs's whole thing is a huge mystery in the movie. Like what exactly happened is really, le- it's left up in the air com- like completely, honestly. Well, what, right, it is. Yeah. And then like, like this is where Fuchs is like, you can catch it through um, just like a particle of blood, but it's like, well, how do you find that out? So he buys something to eat and prep their own meals. And then mm-hmm. he like, there's a blackout. He follows a shadow. He finds McGreedy's jacket. And he immediately, I guess, dies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, it's left up. Like, did he? Because he's they found they find him burned alive with a flare next to him. And it's like, did he? Do, and it's like, did he do it to himself? Did someone do it to him? Was the the thing killed? It wouldn't make sense though for the thing to do it to him. So he had to have burned himself alive. But it's just like, did he realize he was? It's hard. It's, there's so much. And that's yeah. And like I said, that may be some of the benefit of having coming to this movie for the first time. Like I, I, something like that, like the beaker thing, I was like, did that mean anything? Like, uh, you know, cause yeah, I it's, funny, yeah. it's not right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the nature of this movie just makes you look at everything. It's like, does that mean something? It's like, is that a clue? And, but they, like I said, they don't linger on anything. It's like there, there could be a million clues in this movie that I've never noticed. But uh, yeah. So yeah. Fuchs's death is, a, it's a big mystery in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically, they all look for Fuchs. They find Fuchs. He's burnt outside in the gra- in the snow. During this time, um, Mc, uh, McReady and his team go to, go to ask Blair if he's seen Fuchs, and Blair is being, like, super dramatic, so he's bashing a noose, and he would really like to come inside. <laughs> the noose is a really good touch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like, holy shit. It's, it's, al- it's also just kind of hanging there, and, like, dude, you couldn't actually kill yourself with that thing. Like, yeah. I think he was just trying to... He's a little dramatic. Yeah, but uh, I did, him talking, McCready slowly closing the thing is really good too. Yeah, it's like we'll think about it, and then he's like, "Come on, McCready, let me out." And he just closes it, and it's just like, anyway. It's like, yeah, McCready's kind of an asshole. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of why he he works as the lead because he doesn't trust anyone in general. So it's like he's like the audience in that way, and he doesn't trust anyone either. So. And, uh, <clears throat> But yeah, then we it leads to the another big mystery in the movie too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. Um, so uh, McReady and Knowles go to investigate Max Shack because he looks over and he's like, "My light was off when I left it." Done. And they go, and then they go, and they they cut, and immediately cuts back to Knowles running into the. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the station. Sorry, Vanessa, I'll let you do the. <laughs> no, no, I don't mind. Um, yeah, so basically, we cut back to the the, um, the team inside, and it's been about forty five minutes since Mac and Nalls went to go investigate a shack. So they're like, we need to barricade the doors. Those people are definitely things. And so as they start barricading, Nalls like runs back into the main base and um, says he found a McReady's torn jacket. So he's pretty sure that McReady is a thing. And then, of course, during all of this, um, McCready breaks into the base because it's like freezing outside. <laughs> yeah, he's only he's covered in he's covered in ice. Like he's he, like they said, and uh, people inside have said there's no way, no way any human could have survived being out there mm-hmm. for this long. But like because he's he's basically lost in the dark at that point without mm-hmm. the uh, the lifeline ta- attached to him. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was pretty messed up of Nalls to cut that lifeline. But. I mean, but do you like <laughs> another thing? Like, do you blame him? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. There's a lot of messed yeah. up things that happen in this movie, yeah. but I also don't blame any one of them for reacting in the ways they do. Yeah, yeah. right. 
It's, and then the uh, next scene, like, McReady is, like, just covered in frost. He looks like a crazy, crazy frozen caveman. So he breaks into the base. He's holding dynamite and a flare. And is like, if you guys come near me, I will fucking blow this place to the ground. <laughs> and again, um, is this to save himself? Or is it the thing doing it to sort of call everyone's bluff on killing him because he's a thing? You know, it's like, what the hell? Yeah, because you, the audience knows about that Fuchs found the torn jacket in the snow. And then Nalls found it in the uh, his shack, which had the light on, so someone went in there. But McCready noticed the light and had him go to the light. So, uh, so it's like a bunch of different things going on in your head. Like, is McCready yeah. is McCready the thing? And uh, so, and yeah, now he's got dynamite, and people are it's it's hitting the fan. And, yeah, uh, shit is definitely hitting the fan. Yeah. I love this. Actually, I love this next scene just because, like, like McCready the entire time is like. Just, you know, like losing his shit. He's holding this giant stick of dynamite for the next like three scenes. And then like later he gets a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the descent into just like not giving a fuck in this movie is quick. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It's just like because they don't want it. It's they don't want to die. No one. It's self-preservation. And, you know, uh, but yeah, they McCree's walking around with dynamite forever uh, and they try to get him. And uh, Norris oh, yeah. uh, gets knocked down, and he has like a heart, weird heart attack. Maybe. Actually, and they actually foreshadow it a little bit earlier when they're mm-hmm. when they're waiting for Nalls to come and McCready to come back. There's like a split second where he's having like trouble breathing or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, see, and I took that as the thing was taking over his body already, basically, and that was sort of what I took it as. And then, yes, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if it was a legitimate heart attack or, like, again, because of just the ambiguity or. Amb- ambiguity <laughs> thank you uh, uh i do podcasts anyway uh, <laughs> just that like like what the thing is and how it replicates itself and how it becomes these these other people or beings or whatever it it sort of leaves it up in the air like okay was is that just part of the transformation or is he legitimately having a heart attack or what the hell is going on yeah right and then yeah this next and, scene is probably yeah. the best scene in the entire movie, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> this, this, there, this, these next couple scenes, I think, are um, film art. <laughs> like this, yeah. the, the defibrillator scene, and I, I will, I think the blood scene are horror movie art, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, yeah. so anyway, Vanessa, I'll let you start. Uh, starting with the defibrillator yeah. scene, so basically yeah. they drag, uh, they drag Norris, who is not a thing yet to the table and then um copper tries to like um you know he's trying to give him cpr he gets the defibrillator powders out the whole time in the corner like mccready has got his flamethrower and his dynamite and they're all arguing and copper is trying to like revive norris norris's chest opens oh up God. with teeth and bites off copper's arms <laughs> and he which causes copper to die because he bleeds out essentially yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I do have to say the sound effect when it chomped through his arms was pretty comical though it was like which is yeah. a little like yeah, <laughs> yeah there's like, a couple oh, sound effects there's like a earlier in mccready punches blair there's like a punching sound effect which is kind of funny oh yeah i, I noticed that <laughs> yeah but yeah. uh the, the, Carpenter has a slapstick sense of humor, as you can tell from his, his filmography. So, you know, it comes through a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the copper, and it's just like copper scream is fantastic. It's just like the whole build of that moment, too, is beautiful. Like, it's so much back and forth screaming at each other. And then all of a sudden, his arms are getting bit off. And it's just like, what the? F- oh, my God. It's like, well, that escalated. Like, Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. And because, again, you don't know what the thing can do. And it bar- apparently, it can do whatever it wants. So it's yeah. uh, 
and then that leads to the most body horror <laughs> in this movie. I don't. Uh, the end is pretty body horror, but this one I think is the piece de resistance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So finally, that the, you know everybody else stops fighting because Nora's thing <laughs> is just bitten off a copper's arms. And so, of course, Mac at least has got a flamethrower on him. So he starts flamethrowing Nora's thing. And um, this is my favorite thing is like uh, his head like melts off and then his head grows legs and starts walking away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but also from his chest shoots out another Nora's head with like with like a really long neck and it's Ooh. on the ceiling. And, but yes, the, but yeah, you're right. And the spider is the spider head with eyes. Yeah, the oh, upside down head. Yeah. Oh yeah, the eyes. It's got little eyes. Oh, that's the, that's, I think the upside. I, I believe the spider head is the most iconic thing for this movie in terms of like the the thing, uh, the horror from the thing. I think everyone yeah. like the, it's the first. This scene is the scene you th- scene you think about when you think about like the thing as a monster. I yeah. think. It, yeah. I think also it's a little bit easier to grasp that it's like oh it's an upside down head with spider legs coming out of it versus everything else just like oh this is. Yeah. Another per- this is a person kind of split in half here with a mouth coming out of where it's split in half, you know? Yes. Yeah, or like ten dog heads in one somehow. <laughs> so many yeah. dog heads. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Mac um, also flamethrows spider head thing. Um, just, and, uh, just in time, too. Like, you see it speaking off, too. And it's like, I do like that they give you the, the hint that it's going to get away. And then they're like, then them turn around like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's like... Yeah, and then just torching that, like, at this point, like, mentally, where are you at, honestly, at this point? At this, at this, at, when that happens, to, like, you're just like, I'm done, I'm out, <laughs> it's like, it's over, game over, man, that's the I, game over, man moment at that yeah, point, Yeah, pretty honestly. much, at that point, I, I think a lot of the people have to just realize, like, we all are going to die, and even if we don't get killed, we all have to die, because we don't know. Yeah, because, I mean... Norris was there the whole time, and it's like, when was he changed? What? what right. How long has he been the thing? And then at that point, it's like, then how? Then how long? When is, was he ever alone with someone else? And uh, it's, yeah, uh, but which yeah. leads, which leads to the, the most paranoid scene in the whole movie. I know. So at this point, yeah. So we're now all in basically the rec room, and um, McReady has taken total control. He's got his, he's got like five sticks of dynamite strapped to his chest now is holding a flamethrower and also a stick of dynamite. He basically commands everybody to tie each other up. <laughs> and he's like, he's like clearly like freaking losing it. He's holding dynamite in a flamethrower. <laughs> he's got a pile of blood in his hands. Or he's got, he's like, yeah. And uh, his wild eyes. Yeah. He looks like a psychopath, which yeah. he kind of is. Yeah. yeah. And so during this time, like um, Clark uh, is going to attack him with a knife because they're all kind of like calling his bluff. And so he just shoots Clark in the head. Clark is now dead. Yes, and uh, so yeah, Clark and uh, Copper are on the pool table. Dead. Yeah, they're both dead. <laughs> um, they're also tied uh, up though. And he's yes, forcing uh, windows to tie them up, right? Yeah, yeah. He has windows tying him up, tying them up because he seems he seems to trust windows the most. Uh, as, as much as he can trust anyone, he seems to trust, trust windows the most for whatever reason. Um, uh, which I, I guess I don't blame him. Windows seems like a trustworthy guy, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he has windows go around and cut their fingers mm-hmm. uh, to, to get blood. 
which is honestly one of the hardest things for me to watch when I hate like that. Kind of, I hate like little cuts like that. It really bothers me. I just, I just, I just don't yeah. know why they choose like the, the thumb. thumb. It's like, yeah, it's like, like, the pinky. Else. Yeah, it was like the thumb. It's like you could just like, cut like the back of your hand or something. Yeah, yeah. Any, any, yeah. anywhere else would be better than a digit, yeah. right? And it's like, it's like, it's like that part makes me cringe more than anything in the movie, which is hilarious. But uh, I, you know, as as a guy who like you know, I literally have to pick up like a ton of shit every night. A cut, a cut on your thumb, like a severe one like that, is the worst because it is just a constant throbbing pain, and it is hard to hold anything if you're not using your thumb as like a point of just you know holding. It's yeah. I, I, Vanessa. I don't know if I've ever showed you when we were working together, like the lump of my thumb that basically I nearly completely cut off, and Ooh, yeah, no. I, I had I, it was like twelve <laughs> stitches basically to reattach that piece of my thumb. Like I literally like. I had my hand on a case and I started cutting with my box cutter and the way I had my hand, I, I, I couldn't even react. I just immediately knew like, oh, well, I'm cutting that piece of my thumb right through it. Oh, and I'm yeah. sitting there. I was like, shit. And I immediately put my hand up or my thumb up against my other hand, holding it, holding it. And then I, uh, you know, picked up my thumb. And as I did that, I saw the piece of my thumb stain on oh my, my hand. Gosh, I was like, oh, stop okay. talking about this. so yeah, I was like, I'm going to go is, ahead and get out stitches. of everything in the movie. This is going to be the part that sticks with our audience the most. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the actual real this life. This is what's giving me nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I, to this day, you can see on that thumb, it, it there's, it's a little lumpier in that one spot where they mm-hmm. reattached it basically. Fantastic. Yeah, All it's right, cool. Vanessa, please move us on. <laughs> okay, so Jason lost his thumb. Um, so um, McReady's plan is that um, by, he got this great idea from seeing the Norris head running away. He thinks that each piece of the thing is a new thing and will try to avoid pain in order to survive so that like a normal human blood is just blood, but a thing blood is an actual entity. I felt like it was – I feel like this is a, a – Bit of a stretch to get him immediately, but I also kind of I, I buy it enough, honestly, to him and be like. I do too. I was gonna say it's yeah. a little bit of a leap in logic, and I don't know if the yeah. helicopter pilot would have been the one to have come to that conclusion. But okay, yeah. <laughs> but it it it, do, it doesn't like break my movie brain at all. I'm like I, I'm yeah. still buying it at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. In a, yeah. In, a, in a room full of scientists, I, I'm I'm just having a hard time believing that the helicopter pilot would yeah. have thought of this. <laughs> but he's the only one not tied up, so he had to be. True. <laughs> right. He's, so, he's had point. the flamethrower, so yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and they, they're, not, they're cutting thumbs, and everyone's uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, so he's now got petri dishes of everyone's blood, and he's going to test it by um, – he's got a piece of wire that he heats up with his flamethrower, and now, he, like, stabs the blood with. And now, I think the beautiful part of this also is that you, the audience also doesn't know if this is going to work. Yeah. It's like, is this really going to work? And, it, uh, and so, it does a few that it doesn't do anything, so you're like, oh, maybe this doesn't and do spe- anything. And I think the Clark one not working really works for the audience too, So at that point, you're, I feel like – to, to me, I feel like Clark obviously has to be a thing, right? Yeah. To me, like he was around the dog by himself for so long. Blair mm-hmm. acknowledges it uh, at one point when they're in the kennel together, and you're think, and uh, but yeah, Clark Clark's blood does not react. Yeah, uh, Clark which, coppers, and I think who does he do next? Windows, uh, maybe. I believe, yeah, Windows. He does himself. Now, uh, one uh, little. Wait, I'll, I'll, okay. sorry, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say also the fact that the the Clark thing that McCready shot Clark to death and he wasn't a thing. Yeah. Uh, is like the look on McCready's eyes and then he just like, oh, moves fuck on. it, whatever. And yeah. moves on. Well, yeah. But, and then, uh, yeah. And then Keith David says, I guess it makes you a murderer, huh? Yeah. Um, so whatever a little bit of a detail here that i'm not sure if you guys caught but i caught on my second viewing was while he's doing these blood tests and everything there is a poster in the background of a woman that says they aren't labeled chum and the woman on the poster says i have vd 
it is a I, I, I don't want to say it is a very comical little like touch to what they're doing, but yes. you know, you know, saying like they're not labeled, like you don't know who's got what. Exactly. It's like I think that's pointed out quite a bit by people that like argue about the uh, the like AIDS uh, thread or the sexual uh, STDs um, through line of this entire thing. Okay. So, I could, but I yes, could, I could kind of see that. But yeah, it's, I, th- uh, I think this is more of just a like a like hey, you actually don't know who's infected in this movie, which is yeah, it's it's. But yeah, and the, and you're watching like he's touching the butt. It's like is this even it's is this even worth our time? And but there's still tension. You're like it's something gonna happen. Something gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. and I think yeah. I, I think the slow build of it where they actually show him heating the wire up and everything instead yes. of just immediately like okay here's something that can get a reaction out of it. It's like no, you have to heat this thing up and kind of do it and do it and do it. It just yeah. and repeat and, that process. And and I, it's would, like, I yeah, would that's a good build. I would love to be in like a watch group with people that hadn't seen it before and just like asking people who you think is gonna be a thing and like the, what doing that test while they're doing it. It's like oh shit, I, thought he, I really thought he was a thing. I would like mm-hmm. to. See like what people like, like what audience uh, mindset was at this point in time in the movie. I'd love to see like a stat on that or something. You know, me but, personally, I, I sat there watching it. I'm like, I have no fucking clue who's what in this. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. just like sitting there watching. I'm like, oh my god, it could yeah, be it, any. It could be that, none. It, I don't it's know. So beautiful. Like you're yeah. like, it could be anyone. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, that's the best part. Is it? Like you're like every time he does it, you're like, is he gonna do anything? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So yeah. tons of suspense here. Um, so like, and especially I think it's like because we get four like negatives before we get a positive. Yeah. So anyway, so Palmer ends up being the thing. <laughs> so yeah, the blood and- like jumps out of McCready's hand is because it is a thing, and it's like the most terrifying experience ever. And then Palmer starts transforming, and unfortunately, like three people are tied up with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're freaking out, like "Get me out of here!" And they're like yeah. screaming, "Get me out of here!" Yeah. Can and you imagine like- sitting next to oh. this fucker as this is happening? Yeah. Also, the Palmer blood springing out is a pretty much a, it's like one of the few jump scares in this movie because yeah. it's yeah. like because it's not like it's not, it's not built up at all. Like he's te- he's testing the blood and like he's like mid sentence when it freaks out because um, he's like child's you're next or something like that or he, I think he's talking to child at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, Palmer starts just like violently shaking and sc- and like screaming. Oh my god. Yeah, so he's transforming. Um Max Flamethrower, of course, is like pathetically malfunctioning during this. Um yes. and so Palmer gets Windows because Windows Flamethrower also wasn't working. No, it was like it was what is it? When, uh shoot him windows or whatever he says and Windows freezes. Yeah, Windows doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he's just like uh Yeah, so Palmer um, gets Windows, um Palmer thing like it is now on but like mac finally is able to blast palmer thing so he stumbles outside into the snow and mac throws a dynamite at him because he's got one on his vest <laughs> <sighs> palmer is now dead <laughs> yes and that and that scene like those back those scenes back to back is just it's a lot to take in the movie it's just like the, you're just like because and there's still a lot of people left too honestly yeah at that point and you just you you still feel it still feels hopeless at that point in the movie um and and like it's like it's it's like when child said earlier it's like what if he what what if he isn't one uh what if we're wrong and then he goes well then we're wrong and it's like at that point they don't care about each other it's like all self-preservation honestly yeah so uh 
Yeah. Uh, so, so, so they come back to the main room. Max flamethrower his windows because he's like in the corner assimilating. Um, they test everybody else's blood. And what I think is the weirdest about like these couple of tests, like um, Nalls and uh, Childs, is it like, like they, I don't even know if they know that they're, they could be like, cause you know, like Nalls is like, like obviously relieved when he, he passes the test. So it's yeah. like, Oh, like, well, would you I not th- know if you were a thing? I th- yeah. That's, that's, that's also part of it. It's like, cause, it's, cause they, obviously they don't know anything about this, this thing, which is, you know, it's funny we can call it that constantly cause that's what it's called. <laughs> it's uh, uh, but yeah. And also, I mean, if they, if that blood freaks out, they're going to get, they're going to get burned alive. So that's what's going to happen. So like it's still that threat. It's like even if you're you're 100, you're like 99.9 percent certain. There's like that little bit of you that's like, what if I what if I am infected? Mm-hmm. And so it's like it works in my opinion. I think it I think it works really well. Uh, and the child's going like, now get me out of this fucking chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Gary's last. Gary. Gary. <laughs> he's he's also not a thing. Yes, he's in his like. Am I gonna be tied to this fucking chair all went or whatever? And uh, uh, it's ca- tied to this fucking couch. Uh, yeah, he's real angry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so next they um they go to test Blair because he's the last person left, and then they get to the shack, and of course he has escaped somehow. He's the been, door is open. <laughs> yeah, he's been like there's like a hole in the shack. Mm-hmm. They find a hidden a hidden tunnel under the shack, and apparently he's been down there building a small st- small spaceship. Yes, in his uh, free time. Which is because there was a scene earlier where he's like, dist- it looks like he's destroying the helicopter, and uh, dist- I mean, it also makes you think: was he destroying those computers so he could actually use the pieces later? Was it was that all a ploy? Was he uh, always a thing? How, yeah. how long has he been a thing? Yeah, that's like. Because um, he was with the dogs in the kennel at one point, like you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of questions of the movie, which really lend to everything about it. But anyway, yeah, yeah he's building this spaceship. Yeah, so he's like for the first time the only person that we know is a thing. Because there's no yeah. way he would have been building a spaceship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we, I think we can all agree that he is a thing. Yeah, as the first. It, that is probably the first one, right? That you're like fit for sure, other than yeah. like other than Benning, because you see him, you see it happen to him. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, so yeah, so he's he's gone. So basically, they're like fuck. Um, they look back towards the base, and all the lights go out. Someone has destroyed the generator. And uh, Mac has this idea that the thing, um, you know, they can't live in the, in the Arctic. They're going to die if they don't get that thing back working. So Mac's like, oh my god, the thing is going to hibernate until a rescue team arrives, and then. Yeah. Also, at this, at this point, do they is this when they see Childs? Because they leave Childs by himself, right? Um, yeah, I don't, the think see, I don't think they see him running away yet, though. Or, okay. or, you know, I don't think they. I think he just is like he's just disappeared at some point. Yeah, because they see because they do they do see him running away, and I I always saw him like it looked like he kind of waved at Nalls or whoever was looking to me. Like there's a little bit of like acknowledgement that he's going after something, but mm-hmm. you don't know. So it's like anyway, yes, he disappears. Yeah. Yeah, so basically now the plan is like um, we need to fix, we need to figure out what's going on with the generator. So they they like you know using their infinite amount of dynamite, <laughs> they blow up <laughs> Blair's spaceship <laughs> and head back to the base. <laughs> yes, it's a solid plan. And at yeah. this point, so, I think you know I think Blair knows what's going on, and uh, the the thing slash Blair whatever is fucking pissed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's Not angry. A, um. They check the generator, and the generator is fucked. It's gone. It's just yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone, McCready. 
Yeah. So uh, it's like, like literally gone. <laughs> yeah. So they're, so at that point you're like, they're, it's like they're, they're going to die because there's, there's no power. Yeah, but, so uh, so they all basically make a death pact now, and they're like, "This thing, we're like, we're all gonna die, and this thing's going with us." Essentially, yeah, they're like, "We're we're already fucked. This we can't let this thing get out of here." So yeah, so now big big kind of like um, show off in the generator room. So they make their way. They're blowing up the bases. They go down. They find the generator is missing. Um, they're all setting up like explosives. They're getting a detonator ready. Gary uh, gets just eaten by you know not eaten but like he gets thinged as he's trying to set up his explosive right. Nalls just like walks down the hallway and well this was this was one of my favorite scenes was oh, um, yeah. Blair coming up to Gary and just putting his hands there and just like melting into his face basically oh so like, yeah oh wow yeah. I mean it's creepy yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's disturbing it's very it's funny that came out same same uh, year as Poltergeist which has a very similar face skin scene uh, so yeah it's it's, cause it, I mean, it looks it looks rubbery and stuff, but it's still like, oh fuck, that's awful, that's awful. Mm-hmm. And then you see, it's like doing, it's like putting stuff inside it down his throat. You can tell. So yeah, mm-hmm. and it's also a good way to keep him quiet while he's trying to scream. But yeah, uh, and then you, but yeah. then you, there's like a cut. You see Nalls. I don't. Does it? Does Nalls see Gary get dragged away? Is that? No, I think he I sees a so. shadow of him yeah, move, and that's what and that's something. what drug him down, or yeah. that's what made him go down the hallway to check. I, yeah, and Ga- yeah, Gary's gone. But you, from it looks like like. Uh, the, the Blair's hand is basically Gary's head now at that point. Yeah, they've kind of melded into with, each other. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's pretty gross. So it's implied that Nalls, like, also got thinged. Yes. Yeah, they and don't actually got, show that at all. Yeah, he's like the only death you don't see. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so then Mac, MacReady is like, um, this is actually one of my favorite scenes, and MacReady's like trying to make the decision of like, do I throw this dynamite Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're holding dynamite for the right? past 45 minutes of this movie. I've got to do something with it. And, uh, yeah. So he's like, uh, Knowles, Gary. He's like, so should I throw it or yes. will I kill my, my only living friends? Or, and then of course, he's making the decision like giant Blair monster, like bust through the floor. <laughs> I really, I really do think Knowles could have said something before wandering off. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah that's, that's very true. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you guys have seen, I, like I said, I caught pieces of it, just sort of like a clip thing of it on YouTube. But the, um, the, the kind of the underground corridor scene in this thing is sort of a nod to the, like the face off with a thing in the thing from another world. The very end is them trying to get it to step on like an area with some explosives or whatever. And they like, literally like to get it, it like right dead center of where it's supposed to go and they throw like a sledgehammer at it and it just dodges to the left a little bit and puts it like right dead center so it's like oh is that is that what they're doing is they're kind of like making a making a little like you know homage to this thing and then uh of, of course um as uh, vanessa alluded to uh something entirely different happens <laughs> <laughs> still blows up <laughs> true yeah yeah but uh yeah. Anyway, yeah, so this is like so basically this whole scene is like the thing turning into this you know giant monstrosity like super mega puppet and then max like dynamite and the whole base blows up <laughs> he's got a great one line that's you know, screaming at him goes yeah fuck you too and then blows <laughs> yeah. it up it's like that's the perfect like yeah. actual thing someone scream at a monster like that like there's, it's not like there's no poetry to it it's like fuck you too yeah and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in those yeah. moments, nobody comes up with a like like a quippy one liner. It is, uh, yeah, well, fuck <laughs> you. I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually it's like such a good scene because it's such a build up, and you're like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? It's just like fuck you too. Dynamite base yeah. goes up. The entire base is just in flames now. 
Yes. And yet Mac is still alive. <laughs> yeah, he gets away from the explosion. Yeah, somehow, um, even though it's really quick. Yeah, it, the base looks like the Norwegian base at this point. Um, yeah, and... fun fact, um, they reuse, They didn't want to do two sets, so they just reused this this uh, explosion, like the remains of the U.S. base as the Norwegian base. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, right? that. that makes perfect that's sense. That's why it looks so familiar. Because yeah. I was like, because I was like, I've always thought it's a really good touch to say it, it ends up the exact same as the Norwegian base. <laughs> and who um, would have known it's because it is the exact, it's literally same. the exact same. Yeah. I was, I, I thought it more metaphorical than literal. But uh, yeah. here we are. Take, take, you wouldn't uh, know unless you looked it up, though. So. Little from column A, little from column B. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, the the ending of this movie is McCready wandering into some like a shack, a burned down shack essentially, um, and he's he's freezing to death. Yeah, uh, and, chi- <laughs> and then Child shows up finally, um, and they both and it basically ends with them acknowledging that they don't trust each other. And that they're just gonna sit there and wait to die, and that if one of them is the thing, they can't do anything to stop him. Yep. Like it's like this, and that's it. That's the end of the movie. It's yeah. just this incredibly bleak ending, which I think is a perfect ending to this movie. It's one of the oh, best. It's so, good. it's so fucking good. And now, then, oh, good. Go ahead. No, I was no, no, say, no. Have you, yeah. you, uh, you guys read about the, uh, the other possible endings for this movie that they had? No. Um, there's ending that. Um, McCready gets picked, gets rescued by a helicopter, like a more heroic ending, like a more happy ending in the movie, and that's what like some uh, theater executive, like, um, uh, executives wanted or producers wanted. Uh, but Carpenter didn't like it, and then there was an ending where McCready was a thing, but they didn't. They he he liked the more ambiguous nihilistic ending for the movie, yeah. and I think it is the right choice. I think I, so too. Now, my only concern is. It's something that didn't happen, obviously. But if this movie was a success, did they leave that ambiguous enough that they left it open for a sequel? Uh, I think so. I think yeah. it could, I think you could definitely make it a sequel. But I also think that. Um, well, we, well, I guess we'll never know. Carpenter has said multiple times that this movie. The way the it's poor showing really had a huge effect on his career. Mm-hmm. Um, his career would be a lot different if the movie did as well as it should have done. Uh, and he's acknowledged that. He's also said this is possibly his favorite movie he's ever done, um, which is high praise because he has a pretty strong filmography. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I and I'm I'm happy there's no there is no sequel to it. I hope we never do get a sequel to it, or at least I don't. I hope we never know what happens because there's also there's people that theorize because. A child of the thing because it, there's like the thing where if you pay attention you, he it looks like he doesn't have any breath um and mccready does have breath when you see you, see, you can see mccready's breath but you can't see child's mm, breath okay um but uh, i think the uh, directors have said that that's more of a, uh, a thing of the film filmmaking kind of had an effect on that instead of like an actual purposeful choice yeah uh also one of the uh special effects guys said he added a sort of like a twinkle in the eye to characters that weren't the thing essentially like mm-hmm. more like life more uh, a little more life to the eyes of characters that were human i believe hmm. so there's that uh and carpenter's even alluded to that there is he, there is he knows who the thing is and who he wasn't obviously he said that before but uh i hope i never know i yeah <laughs> honestly i think it i think it's even better if neither of them is and they're just like the, well, they're we're gonna they, die yeah, and they're just like sitting there, and their last moments are just 
paranoia. And it's just like accepting because <laughs> two guys that don't really like each other just waiting to freeze to death in the middle of Antarctica. Um, yeah, I don't know how you guys feel at the end, but uh, that's... Uh- I like I said. Oh, I, I like it. I, I personally like it when everyone dies. <laughs> I I do like it. My like thing about the whole like, like I said, I, I wouldn't terribly mind a sequel, but I also don't feel like I it needs one at this point. You know, almost forty years later, I don't I don't think I don't think there needs to be one. I I, I kind of wrestle with this thing with I like the ambiguity, but also like I said, you could come by you know, 50 years from now or like in the spring when they come and find these guys, if either one of these guys was a thing, as soon as it thaws out, mm-hmm. it's back. Yeah. Like there's the idea that the, like the, the thing does eventually assimilate the entire planet. There's like a whole, you know, that's a possibility. Yeah. So that they uh, couldn't, they couldn't finish it off. So, which is, you know, similar to the, how the Norwegians died too. <laughs> so they, they couldn't quite finish it off. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's, really, uh, all it took was what sort of Blair was, I think, originally trying to do was just kill them all and burn them yeah. all, basically. Yeah, so. I mean, he's like, we we can't we can't leave here because you know everyone else will die, which is honestly one of the more noble things in the movie is that is Blair saying we can't we have to all die, mm-hmm. so yeah, even, even if it's incredibly fucked, but uh, yeah, so that's the thing, which is. Number one. Wait. <laughs> yeah, we can put it at number one. Yeah, out, uh, out of two. two. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah uh, I think this is better than Gremlins. <laughs> it, yes, this yeah. movie is better than Gremlins. It's funny uh, because before when we were talking about what movies to do, like we we threw out like movies like a jaw, like a Jaws, or what was I think? What uh, other movies like a, in that in that echelon of film? And we're like, what are we going to add to a discussion about masterpieces? And it's mm-hmm. like, we aren't film critics. You know, we just do a little silly movie podcast about mm-hmm. video game movies and we have a good time doing it. Yeah. And we all like movies, but, you know, we don't. <laughs> um, it's funny because and then the movie we do is a movie I consider a masterpiece. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, even though it's more of a cult classic, which I think uh, it's a, a little easier to do to talk about. And like, you know, a Jaws, which is not a fucking cult classic. That's a mega bona blockbuster. Yeah. blockbuster classic well, movie. And then this yeah. one is so like, uh, like so like weird and freaky. Like Jaws is like, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. There's a giant shark. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, it's a great movie, but like pretty straightforward. A lot straightforward. of subtext in the movie, a lot of things to talk about, but you know, it's it's Jaws. You know, yeah. it, it's uh, but like even like we've all seen Jaws. Jason had not seen the thing, and uh, Vanessa immediately jumped on the idea. I honestly, going into this, I was like, I watched it recently, so I was like, I wonder. How? Because I love this movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, as soon as I started watching it, I'm like, God, this movie is so fucking good. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it, uh, like I always every I always go into it wondering if I'm going to enjoy it as much as the next time, and I always do. Yeah. So it's it yeah it's a it's a horror masterpiece. It, it's just a masterpiece. I wish horror movies got more respect than they do. Yeah. But uh, yeah. See, I I, I guess. I feel that way about Terminator too. Like every time I watch it, sometimes I'm like, this is kind of whole. And I'm, every time I watch it, I'm like, God, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so good. Like there's like every time I watch movie, I'm like, there's no way I'm, isn't there, there's no way the mystery is going to work this time. And it always does. Like yeah. they, there's something about like, it's just something about the way it's directed and written and mm. paced that it just works every time you watch it. And because there's so much left for interpretation, like you can always go in and, you always go in and notice something new or change your opinion on something or, you know, it's so it's, it's, 
it's great stuff. It's a great movie. Uh, oh, we can tie it into video games too because it's incredibly influential on video games also. Yeah, like and there, Dead there Space. was a and there was a video game. So there was literally a video game. So mm-hmm. uh, Dead Space owes its entire creature design to this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, it it owes it owes its it owes its uh, setting to Alien and its creature design to <laughs> the thing. So, I I've never played the thing game. It actually got pretty good reviews from when I when I looked into it recently. I was like, I it seemed it was a third person shooter. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, which I don't I don't know how it would hold up at this point. Probably I'm not, sure well. it's not great. Um, <laughs> See, my my thing is, is everything I've ever heard about it is it's a it, it's a decent game except. You know, you can do the blood tests to prove, you know, you're not or one of your squad mates is not a thing, except there is some arbitrary like point in the game where somebody turns and it doesn't matter if you literally just took the blood test like 30 seconds. Yeah, I've seen, I saw that like it was there are just set points where people change. And I've always kind of hoped that a game would go for it because I think the, the thing is a fantastic like the puppet work, the special effects, amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Just top of the line will hold up for a long time just it's and that's the part that sticks with you immediately about this movie but i think the paranoia and that and that part of it i wish i wish a game would really capture that um as opposed to just the body horror because while the body horror is so great that i don't even mind it um it's, it's not what makes this movie yeah, great yeah it's not why i come back to the movie all the time it's yeah. uh it's the it's the things that lead up to those moments that are what i that i really love so yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if you can capture that in a game. Honestly, it's I don't it's it's hard because you'd have if you can't make the player character I feel like possibly a thing. It's it's hard. It's hard. I guess I don't know. I don't know what I would do. So there is um oh god I think it's it's either based on Alien or Aliens. It's on the Commodore sixty four that there's one character who is an android and it's decided like the very beginning and it's never the same character and it's completely random as to who it is. And that, that is something like after seeing this movie, I'm like, they need to figure out a way to like make that happen. Like it just, there's somebody that's infected and like, I want to say like no way to test, but no way to test, you know, you, you I would love, I'd love the super massive people, the people, the until dawn team to maybe take a crack at a game like that. I feel like they could, I feel like, um, they have a big, they respect horror a lot, although they kind of go for more like the schlocky slasher horror. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, if they got the right writing for it, they could really nail it. But yeah. Uh, so number one. <laughs> so we're good. Number one out of yeah. two. Yeah. I was going to say out of our bonus ones. Sure. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll go with number one yeah. on that. Yeah. I, and, and I do like gremlins, but it's, it's not, yeah, nothing, it's got nothing on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gizmo's adorable, but <laughs> not, yeah, 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 um, yeah. So I guess that wraps it up, Vanessa. That's it. I'll let Jason do the rest. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So as usual, um, just go to Patreon.com/slash/GamesAndJunk and go kicking a couple of bucks over there. Uh, for five dollars, you will get early access to our shows. You will get the audio and a higher quality audio feed you also get a catch-all uh, rss feed for all of the podcasts we do and you also get a shout out on the show so i want to shout out to you two josh carpenter and alex messenger for supporting us um as usual you can follow us on twitter at multimedia fail you can follow me at jason Ariola. you can follow vanessa at vicarious rock and you can follow john at john lucero 777 um again um all those stu- all that stuff i've uh, kind of compacted the uh 
show description a little bit there, so it's a little bit easier to sift through. Uh, go go rank and rate us in iTunes and all that jazz or whatever. Just just help us out. If you cannot afford to chip in any money on Patreon, we completely understand that. If you can't do that, maybe tell a friend. Uh, this might not be the best episode to introduce us <laughs> to somebody else because this is not our normal format, but, you know, you can get a couple episodes in. And I went back and listened to the first few episodes of this podcast, and I got to say, they've held up remarkably well. I, we found very early, like, what this show was going to be, but also our... Uh, how naive we were and how bad these movies could possibly get is also adorable. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting. The fact that we complained about about either of the Street Fighter movies at this point is like, oh man, what were we thinking? We were fools. Yeah. yeah. But but children we were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember those Halcyon days when Ninja Gaiden was the worst thing we saw. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Anyway, um, the next episode that will be coming out will be... What was the last episode we recorded, guys? I don't remember. Uh, we did Street Fighter Alpha Generations. Generations. That's right. That was So in two weeks, you'll hear that episode. Uh, we already recorded that a couple of weeks ago, but we wanted to get this one out for our six-month uh, sort of break. But following that uh, is House of the Dead 2. Possibly, possibly, I may have stayed that off, uh, depending on our schedule with uh, a certain guest that we got. Uh, I'm going to not kind of name any names here, but he's one of my favorite podcasters, and I'm, uh, let's say, more than a little flattered that he agreed to do this shit show. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) For that, we are going to be getting, I I guess, a little uh, note thing here. We're going to start getting guests on, and when we get guests on, um, we're going to skip ahead to movies that they picked because some guests are going to be, let's say, a little bit bigger uh, than other guests. No offense to uh, other guests we have on or have on and have had on in the past. I just sort of feel like, hey, you know, this might be a good way to get people to check out the show more is if we have uh, guests of a, mm, me swinging for the fences a couple of times and seeing what we get. And rather than make them wait three years and then they remember, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore <laughs> after they hear it and yeah uh get strike with the irons hot if uh, so many words i suppose so uh but yeah if that next guest uh we can do that before house of the dead 2 we'll be uh jumping ahead quite a few years down the road but uh we'll we'll, we'll get back on schedule with that we're we're gonna mostly stick with this chronological thing um but you know occasionally when i manage to uh you know corral somebody into doing this that i can't believe i managed to uh we're gonna go ahead and skip to whatever the hell they want to do <laughs> so uh, until next time, guys, unless you have anything to add, I think we can wrap this thing up, right? Yep. All yeah, right. I think so. So, until next time, guys, trust the fungus and nobody else. Yeah, fuck you too. Suckers! Suckers!